Welcome to the Bourbon Library After Hours. On this podcast, Ryan and I reflect back on past episodes, give the bourbon another taste, and explore a little deeper into our family dynamic. After Hours starts now. Guess what? What? I'm Ryan Bayless. This is Alec Bayless. And we are drunk again. Here we go. <laughs> we're not actually drunk. Uh, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to talk like we're on a radio show. What do you mean? Like, I don't know, like quiet and be just like. Just you want to do it more more in that tone? Like, no, just like you're like a, you're like hype man. Like everything you say, oh. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. I'm like, okay, folks. But I'm, we're here. How you doing? I'm going to act like Delilah from Here's yeah. Delilah. So I listened to a Delilah story the other day and this guy called in and mm-hmm. he was like, he was like, yeah, this song's for uh, my ex-fiance. She's like, oh, wow. You know, you're really missing her? He's like, yeah, didn't work out. She wanted more life. And she was like, oh, wow, well, you know, how old are you? And he's like, I'm 23. We've been together for seven years. <laughs> Wait, she want, oh, she left him? I'm like, so you got your driver's license. You got together. Probably lost your virginities to each other. Yeah. Decided, like, you know, we're both going to skip college. I'm gonna, we're going to get married. I know that and, uh, story. I know the story. And then she, she was oh. like, wow. And, and how, how long has it been since you guys split up? He's like, it's three weeks. Three hours. And he's like, I just wanted to know that I love her. And I was like. Dang, guy, this, chill out. You know what? You know what? I chill out. You you have to process those feelings. Yeah, I but get don't it. do it on the radio. <laughs> do yourself a favor. Unplug for apparently three to four weeks. Yeah. Don't say or do anything on social yeah. media. Don't yeah. call the Delilah show. Yeah. yeah. Process. Write it down in a journal. Yeah. And then at the end of those three to four weeks, yeah. you burn that book and you don't look back <laughs> and you move on with your fucking life. You know, I used to go to the grocery store. What song did he pick? Uh, oh, no, she picked it for him. And I was like, hey, I was like, he doesn't know this song. Yeah. It's like some song from the 80s. Uh, you know, but I, I don't know. I uh, I used to go to the grocery store in the wintertime because they played Delilah all the time. Yep, I love that. That's like prime time good, for Delilah. Yeah, it was nice and they had good heat. It's a good warm grocery store. Mm. Walk around. My wet snow clothes, just mm-hmm. listen to Delilah, buy some mac just, and cheese. Yeah, you just get hot after like five minutes. Oh, it's the worst kind of heat. It's the worst kind of best. Hey, like Christmas. <laughs> this is uh, after hours, by the way. Our, uh, if you're listening, you're never going to know. But if you're watching, you know. You know. The lighting is getting really cool and weird. Yep, which is what we've. It feels like after hours somewhere. It is. It, it is, is after, after hours. hours. It's after four o'clock. That counts. Yeah. It's after um, hours somewhere. So today we're doing something a little different. Uh, once again, we're going to talk about some bourbon, some whiskey that we haven't actually done on the Bourbon Library. We haven't done as a group. Uh, but Alec and I had the great pleasure of visiting this New York distillery. Called uh, Hill Rock. Hill Rock. Uh, based uh, up here in the Hudson Valley. Uh, they are pretty cool. Pretty beautiful. Uh, very idyllic farm. Yep. Uh, they are trademarked, I guess, as field to, to bottle, field to glass. Field to glass. And uh, so they're growing all their own stuff, that means, for yep. the most part, or all, all the parts. They grow rye. They, they they said they grow like a year's worth of barley, and then for like a month, they process that. and They malt it. Malt yeah. it and start all over again. Uh, we looked out. There was field, beautiful fields of rye. Um, mm-hmm. They are aiming for a really high rye... Uh, whiskey, 
And what I mean by aiming is they do something called the Solera process, which we've asked about several times to them and some other folks. I don't fully understand this process. I know it's a little bit, uh, for whatever reason, it's taboo in the whiskey industry, which is silly. And a lot of things are taboo in the whiskey industry. But yeah. it's uh, they have a four-tier system in which they're taking uh, younger bourbons and mixing them with some of their older bourbons uh, with different blends to try to like create, I guess, essentially a... Uh, a very well-managed flavor. Consistent. Consistent flavor. Uh, and one in which they can adjust over time if they see certain culinary trends going in certain directions. They can make adjustments in their process so that in five to seven years, their bourbon's going to start matching or their whiskey's going to start matching uh, what they sort of see as culinary trends. Um, That's pretty pretty but, cool. Yeah. Yeah, really cool. I like this idea that they can, they can tinker with the blends along the way and, you know, taste something be like, that's really great. But, you know, in five or seven years, it'd be fun. I, I know they're they're trying to like amp up their rye, for example. And so they're right now, he said, we, we, we got the great pleasure of speaking to, to Bobby, uh, who the head distiller. And uh, he said they're like in the 30 percent, 34 percent range rye, uh, hoping to amp it up to like 49 percent rye, 51 percent or 51 percent corn for their bourbon, something like that. Yeah, we won't get Over lost time. in the numbers because I don't remember any of it. Yeah, that. yeah, we don't have to get too. Crazy. I just smile and I nod and then I don't remember. <laughs> it's fascinating stuff, but I don't. I don't want to relay the numbers because I don't know them. I don't set, remember. Set, set us up for a second, uh, and we'd love to talk to Bobby on the program at some point. We had a the great exchange with him yesterday. Give give me a little bit about uh, what that trip was like and what 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 happened. Well, we uh, were working. In our studio in here, our, we were at. We were in our studio. You tell it. Oh, sorry, no, no, I was just adding. I'm adding color. I'm adding color. Uh, we were working, and then we left and we went down these old windy roads, and then we passed it because it's just a mailbox. It says Hill Rock on it, and we turned down the road and we went into their tasting room, and nobody was there. Yeah, and uh, it was a Tuesday, by the way, in yeah. the middle of the day, like around one o'clock. Yeah. So for, we for didn't expect worth. anyone to be there, and we didn't even make a, any some any kind of reservation. And they are uh, reservation centric, yeah, for their tastings and their tours. And then we went in there, and nobody was in there because it was just a regular day, and they're just working, yeah, working, making making whiskey, yeah. But finally, uh, a guy was coming through. Uh, this guy named Bobby, who ends up being the head distiller. And he was going to find someone to take us on a tour or to give us a tasting. And he couldn't really find anybody. So we ended up, uh, he sort of took care of us and he did us through the whole tasting. And uh, yeah, Bobby came into the great. room. It, it looked as though he looked a little panicked. He was like, <laughs> oh, no, people are here for their tour. And I was like, well, don't worry. We actually didn't make a reservation. He's like, we usually like to do reservations. I was like, yeah, understood. We just decided to leave work and come drink some whiskey. Yeah, so so uh, if you can, if you can, you know, accommodate us, great. If not, totally understand. He's like, well, we probably can't do the tour right now because there's no one to do it. But uh, I, I can walk you through this, uh, you know. And I was like, that's great. I mean, the head to have the head distiller do it is awesome. And this dude, Bobby, super knowledgeable uh, guy who seemed to really be passionate and know his stuff. All right, what, what are we doing first here? What do we got? We got three different bottles, by the way. So this first bottle is a, a double cask rye whiskey, uh, 58.4% alcohol. It's cask the, strength. Cask, it's a barrel strength with, uh, and it's got a special finish of Pedro Jimenez. Uh, I guess that's a wine cask. Yeah, yeah it's a wine cask. That's another thing about uh, Hill Rock is they are big into their wine finishes. And I got to say, 
Well, well, like all kinds of all kinds got, of finishes, right? Yeah, they have a a port finish. They have, um, but something I thought that was a unique wine, because Pinot Noir. Yeah, they have all kinds of stuff. Sometimes people do a finish; they'll do like a maple finish or a, yeah, a chocolate yeah. finish, and to me, it's like they're really hiding a bad. Well, what bad does that whiskey. mean? Well, what does a finish mean? Because a chocolate added flavor. Where would you get chocolate from? Like a certain kind of. A barrel that might be a different chocolate thing. flavor might not be a thing. A chocolate yeah. finish might not be a thing. A maple though, they're using like maple barrels. Yeah, and they're yeah. and they're finishing. So that what they'll do is they'll you know they'll age them in their barrels for a certain amount of time, the yeah. regular barrels, and then for another four to eight weeks, they'll set them in another kind of barrel to finish. And yeah. and they, I think their longest they've ever do at Hill Rock is is uh, two and a half months. Right. That's what uh, Bobby said. Yeah. And what I was going to say though is a lot of times it, it, I think of it as hiding something but sure. I'm, I'm here to testify that they don't need the finishes that the finishes just add another layer to an already good whiskey in my in my opinion yeah um, i mean if if we think about the way we did the tasting we started off with their standard uh bourbon yeah and then uh next we went up to their barrel strength bourbon and then we had some of their rye mm-hmm. uh which is just a 51 percent rye yeah and then um and then we we kept moving along, and we tried a special finish, and then I think we finished with our single malt whiskey, which is something completely new for me. Yeah, something we learned too that I, I think people probably know, but you know, it smells this. delicious. Yeah, it smells. The so nose good. is great. The finish is great. Like, and I would say of all the five whiskeys we tried yesterday, mm. they all the noses were really inviting and luscious and yeah. robust. So something uh, Bobby said that I thought was really cool was. You know, you put your, your, now we can't do it because we don't have stems, but you basically want to put your hand on the bottom of the glass to, to heat up the vapors a little bit. And then you want to have your nose just a few inches away from the glass, actually, so it's not such an intense vapor rise. Sometimes you, you take a big sniff of the nose and it's like, oh, it's oh, crushing. All, yeah. um, in this well, case, though, I thought that was a nice little tip, nice pro tip. Yeah, and these, gla- they, right, like, so this glass is not the best glass to nose whiskey with, obviously, because right. it's, it's too big of a thing. It doesn't narrow it down. Sure. But um, the glasses we had yesterday was nice. I can really smell everything mm-hmm. is the way I wanted. Mm-hmm. This Pedro Jimenez finish is excellent. Yeah, it's um, honey. I taste honey. I taste honey across the across the palate for sure. Um, I mean, it's de- you can definitely taste the proof on that one. That's that's uh, yeah, that's <laughs> 116 proof. Yeah, that's it's fun. Nice. I enjoy that. I like a high proof bourbon whiskey. Uh, in this case, a double cask rye. Um, well, something something else about uh, Hill Rock. Um, is their master distiller? Yes. Who actually, unfortunately, passed away in 2018. But um, his name was Dave Pickerel. I don't know how to say his last name. Pickerel, Pickerel. But he was a giant in the whiskey industry. He worked at Maker's Mark for a long time. He worked at Whistlepig. He was um, at Maker's Mark for 14 years. Yeah. And um, then he and and among all those places, he was the master distiller at Hill Rock. So he helped institute all the structure and all their the the ways in which they make whiskey and yeah. like some of their founding like guidance morals yeah. of how Basically, they, they approach. How to do it. Yeah, and they what else I thought was really interesting uh, uh, going back again uh, on the Solero process was they were the first ones. Uh, right. at least in the United States to do it. Cause it's like, yeah. it's based off a, a sherry, yeah. uh, a way to produce sherry. So, or a way to age sherry. And they were the first one in the United States and to get the green light to do it, they had to teach two other distilleries how right. to do it as well. Cause they can't be the only ones yeah. to do that. I thought it was so, so interesting. M- my understanding, and we were a little confused on this and maybe this can get cleared up in the future, but it sounds like they did like castle and key. 
they taught the Solera process to perhaps, potentially, yeah. potentially, uh, Bobby was, uh, wasn't totally clear on that. Um, and, and maybe Stitzel Weller because, you know, this is why, yeah. this is why I bring him. We, he first thought Stitzel Weller like, no, that can't be it. Well, he was saying um, Blade and Bow, but he's Blade, Blade, mixing he said it up, Blade yeah. and Bow. Right. And, uh, but I think he meant Castle and Key, but I don't know what the second one is, but I was talking to dad after we went to the distillery and he was like, uh, are you sure they're the first ones to do it? Cause I believe he said Stitzel Weller, but I also think he meant Castle and Key. He's like, I think there's someone else. I was like, who do you think taught it to him? Yeah, that was Dave Pickerel, and it, and in fact, it was sort of a favor on their part because they already have their processes in place. But yeah. in order for the government to approve this process from a taxation standpoint and et cetera, they had that's the obligation. You cannot be the only people to do a certain uh, so uh, weird uh, process. I mean, you can be the only people to do a process. You can't be the only people to do a certified process. I, I guess. guess so. Yeah. So you have to teach two others, which I thought was, that, that is fun. Yeah, for whatever um, reason. Something else about Dave that I thought was really cool, uh, their former, well, their master distiller who, who had passed away, he, so he studied chemistry in, at the University of, of Louisville, I believe. Yep. And he, uh, for his, his finals or whatever, they did a distillation and, test. And he scored 99% on it, they said. Yeah. And the next highest score was 37%. Yep. So he was getting offers from pharmaceutical companies, oil companies, and basically the school was like, no, you guys can't have him. You need to, this man belongs in the spirits business. Yeah, they wouldn't send a referral to any of right. those places because they believe that he, <laughs> yeah. and it's funny too, coming from Louisville. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I forget what, exactly what his uh, his major was, but it was something like, it was a chemical engineering or chemistry like he was he was he's a he was a a genius basically master uh masterful distiller (laughs) master distiller um mastery and so hill rock's quite lucky to have had him and uh it seems like bobby is carrying that flag very well yeah um all right next up what do we got oh girl yeah i know that's uh that is something um, all right, so we got the Atlas cask. This is uh, 56.9% alcohol. It's 112, 113 uh, proof. This is a Solera aged bourbon uh, finished in a Cabernet. Uh, uh, yep, the Atlas cask. Yeah, finished in, uh, in a Cabernet cask. So, um, and the barrel was a Dakota Shy. Not sure what that Don't means. Don't know what that means. Maybe it's like, did you know? This is something I, I didn't know, but. Uh, opening up fully. In cigars, there's different uh, wrapper types like that are lighter and darker. Fair enough. And uh, yep, and uh, maybe that has something to do with it. Like it's a type of mm. cask, like sure. certain type of wood or something. Sure. Well, yeah, yeah. it seems like that's the case. So this is our name. Atlas cask. This is uh, one I tried yesterday that I liked the most. I yeah. would say it's it would it's like their their base bourbon, amplified, more robust, more nutty, more like. Delicious with a and solid, rich. a solid whiny, jammy just, finish. Just a little, yeah, yeah, d- yeah just, just enough. It's not like a jam bomb, but it's like it just adds like this sweetness without adding like sugar. Yeah, yeah. I, I just thought it was cool that it's like their finishes are great because it's like you can really taste that bourbon, but boy, that finish just adds another layer of yeah. delight. Yeah, it's great. Wow, yeah, it definitely has a lot less heat. Uh, some four, of that four points or four percent. Yeah, or something like yeah, that. yeah. But still, I mean, we're talking about one twelve. It's yeah. funny how the when you go down in the proof, it starts to taste just like less and less. Of, yeah. Ooh, it's good though. It's very nutty and nice. Yeah. It's nutty, jammy, really good peanut butter yeah. and jelly sandwich. Mm. If you haven't heard of of Hill Rock, yeah, get go on it. find some bottles. They're um, 
Their price points are high. Yeah. This is a $130 bottle. This is 105, 130, 130 because they're special release. Yeah. And so then the next and one we're going to drink is another double cask rye, but it uh, it's not a special release. It does have a finish. Uh, that's their rye whiskey, though, right? They're 51%. Yeah, it's the sa- sa- sauteur finish. Sauteur, yeah. Sauteur. Uh, sauteur um, I have no idea. Uh, and that was like 95 bucks, I think. So high, these are high priced, no doubt about it. Yeah, but they're they're worth it. You see some of those higher priced bourbons and whiskeys and you get nervous because yeah. you, you want to make it worth the money you spend, yeah. you know? But uh, Oh, it's so good. Visit their tasting room and you'll be walking out with a bottle. Yeah, no doubt about it. And they're cool bottles. They look like books. They're labeled sort of like books. Uh, so for the bourbon library, that's very appropriate. Yeah. Definitely want to get one of these or a couple of these on dad's shelf when we can. Yeah. I think he'd enjoy a whole family of these. Oh, yeah. Nice. Honestly, all three bottles. Um, like a special release, a rye, and maybe one of their classic Something bourbon. cool about them, too. We're drinking two ryes today and then the, the bourbon that was that we just had. Uh, Dave Pickerel was was a big rye fan mm. and and believed in trying uh, – uh, believed in making – a, a top shelf rye, which you don't see a yeah. lot of. Ryes are often used for cocktails. So uh, their ryes are excellent. I, I think I said yesterday, maybe it's the experience of having the tasting, but I was like, this is one of the best ryes I've had in a while. And adding yep. the finish to it makes it so much fun. And this was uh, Dave's favorite rye, right? Yep. Here we go. Ready. And I normally don't like rye obviously as much maybe it's not obvious as much as bourbons but um this was super good and yeah. I, I this is something i would drink all the time okay cheers to the third one bud cheers oh my i have some acid reflux from that uh high proof <laughs> i know we should have gone in the other order i think whoa from yeah so what's the proof on this again i think it's 40 this is their standard so i think it's just 45 percent. yeah it's nine it's 90 proof so it's like tasty water yeah it's, like, <laughs> it's not of course it's really it's, tasty it's water. really sweet uh, really, um yeah that rye comes through but mm-hmm. it's not that's delicious i think that it's, is, i think it's kind of sweet for a rye yeah so, oh totally the finish, I think that's, the finish has a lot to do with that too yeah and i think that's what makes it, it different from other ryes it, it's not bitter or anything like and that and not it's even like, overly spicy no. Something cool that I learned yesterday, too, that I think this goes across all mm. bourbons. That maybe it's obvious to some people, but for me, it seemed new. Uh, well, two major things. One, that 99% of the flavor is coming from the distillate. Uh, I thought you said... From the alcohol itself. Right. And then, and then the so it's like the flavor is in the alcohol, and the water is there for the bite, essentially, for the heat. Yeah, for the heat. So it controls the heat. Um, and those two things, you know, create sort of the experience of tasting it. Uh, another thing that he mentioned was vanilla, that the vanilla mm. flavor is not found in the chemicals in the char and the wood yeah. and not found in the alcohol process, the alcohol, the yeast. Right. So, it, so for example, if you fill a barrel that was charred up with water, you wouldn't get the vanilla flavor. But and, and if you just had the distillate, you're not going to taste the vanilla flavor ahead of time. It's when you combine those two things, yeah. that level of char, that chemical process that's happening there, and the distillate yep. together, that creates the vanilla. That, that's what's cool. Yeah, it's like the, the vanilla doesn't exist in either mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. but it's that combination of the two that mm-hmm. creates the vanilla. Mm-hmm. And that is just... For me, the geeky part of yeah. bourbon, for me, I thought that was so cool. Yeah. I thought that's like, that's that mystery, magical element. Yeah. But, um, and they've got it down to a science. I mean, they really yeah. do seem like they are, he, he said the way they can test how finishes are going to work with certain droplets Ooh. and like. That was yeah. interesting, actually. I think it's worth mentioning, like, to, they would pour, pour their, a glass of their bourbon 
and then they would take a droplet and say they wanted to test out a port finish. They would literally drop one drop of, of a port into their whiskey just straight up like that. And then if it, you know, they want to add more to get more of a, a finish, they just add more droplets. Yeah. And then they had a way to equate that to like how long you would age that in a port barrel yeah. to get that same flavor. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus, how yeah. smart. I feel like the biggest dumb idiot. Ever. Oh, yeah. I'm like, well, I like to drink it. It's making me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, for my money, and maybe because we started there and because it's the highest proof, Pedro Jimenez, that bottle is really special. And uh, maybe my favorite of, of this bunch. Really love their rise, though. That's something I'll think of them for a while. Yeah. Uh, it's having a great rise. I mean, great bourbon as well. But the rise for, for my money are uh, really special and stand out. Well, what else about Hill Rock? I think that pretty much covers yeah, the bases. Would, that's pretty much the bases. I would suggest someone visit there because it's a yeah. beautiful property and you get to see the grains that go into the, the glass Yeah, and uh, in the fields where it's all grown. And the people are super nice. Everyone there was really friendly. Yeah. And the tasting room is small and quaint and pretty. And you the, can see the copper still from just past the table if you yeah. look through the glass window. The last thing I want to say, too, about Bobby. Very friendly guy. Looks a lot like Paul Rudd. Bobby, <laughs> this guy's like, he's the head distiller for at least since February or something. But he's worked there for, for six, uh, years, uh, six yeah. years or something. He, some young man came out. Looked a little nervous to be like, if you have a second, can you show me how to do this thing? Or yep. and 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 Bobby was like, Are you do you you have it? Do you have any questions? Like kind of like I was like, this guy said, Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel comfortable? I love that. And I thought, what a nice boss to be like, do you feel comfortable doing it on your own? Like empowering yeah. your you know other employees to like create. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Super nice. I mean that that uh that's probably why I walked out with the bottle. Yeah. Beyond the whiskey being good, the, yeah. pe- the people seem to be treating each other with respect. And it was a, it was a fun it goes a long way. visit. Yeah, a good random like I walked into work and said, "Hey Al, you want to just not do anything today and go drink some whiskey?" And well, he was allegedly. like, "I don't know, Ryan. That seems like yes." <laughs> allegedly, all that allegedly happened. all that happened. Uh, well, listen, this is after hours of uh, the Bourbon Library. I'm Ryan, and I'm Alec, and. Uh, Make sure to like, subscribe, do all those things, and uh, share with your friends. If you've had Hill Rock, let us know. If you haven't, uh, go check it out. And uh, we hope, like I said, I'd love to have Bobby on the program at some point. Yep. Uh, if by the time you're listening to this, we haven't already. Yeah. So uh, keep a lookout. Hill Rock. Thanks, folks. Cheers. Uh, as always, to drink is to live. Until next time. Bye-bye now. That was After Hours. Thanks for listening. Did you like what you heard? Join us at the Bourbon Library for more. And remember to rate, review, and share our show with friends. It's more fun drinking together. All right, until next time. Cheers.